Something we look forward to every year at Sports Fan Radio is our NRL expert Paul Delligan's season preview. In this podcast, Paul predicts how the NRL ladder will look at the end of the season and ranks each of the teams. All right, Paul, we might throw to you. Before I ask you for your 2024 season preview, there are a couple of Broncos players who wanted to get the season off to a spectacular start themselves. I think that's a bit overplayed. They were just getting into some, um, some extra wrestling training in. We all know that wrestling's a big part of the uh, the game these days, part of the tackling technique. So I thought they they might have thought training was still going. What, what I don't like, it's such an exciting time for the game. I, I don't like that that sort of thing is front page of the news or back page of the news. We should be more focused on what will be a very successful expansion of the game into America. Um, it's already stacked up. Volandis has done it again. The TV revenue is there. There's a lot of gambling revenue, which for good or bad, that's a lot of money for the game. And it's a long-term deal they've signed up. This isn't just an AFL in China experiment with no criticism there. This is actually designed to get a footprint there and it will be a success. Uh, there's a lot of logistical issues involved. There's even things like coming back into the country, you need to show that the laundry's clean because you could bring in um, dirt or, or grass matter and they're very strict coming back in, let alone players going to America with criminal convictions. So they've had to rush around and find laundromats on the strip that can do thousands of uniforms. And uh, I think there's uh, each four teams that are going are taking 20 security guards. And we're not talking just your local um, Westfield type security guard. We're talking serious beef. So... The, the initial thoughts taking rugby league players to Vegas is like taking an AA meeting to Dan Murphy's. But uh, I, I actually think that they're going to be well behaved. I think that they'll they'll be looked after and it will be brilliant for the game because I, I'm really excited about it. I wish I'd be there. Paul, when you say looked after, that's referring to the <laughs> chaperones, isn't it? Oh, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they've been warned about taking um, uh, women back to their rooms quite wisely because there's a lot of extortion attempts and that would have been an eye-opener for uh, the boys. But uh, it's certainly high-level crime there um, that, that can influence sports stars given the money that's involved. So you just have to look at the NBA scandals over the years. So I, I think they'll be well-behaved. They will be drilled into them that there's too much at stake here for this not to work. And it, it looks like it's uh, Valandis has done it again in terms of a, a big what, event. Um, what odds can we get on a Nate Miles sort of hotel incident or a, a um, I won't mention other incidents of yeah. rugby league infamy, but uh, have we got odds? They've, they've got enough bookmakers well, sponsoring the NRL these days. We did have odds for how many Taylor Swift sightings would be there and what colour lipstick she was going to wear, so... You're looking at a market for sort of a, a player passed out in the corridor as people start their family holiday, that sort of... And that that bl- sort of thing. Blaming it on food. Yeah, he blamed it on a, um, a gastro bug, I think. That's why. Oh, I the think alcohol. the other one, Paul, would be watering plants in the uh, reception the casinos and, and those sorts of... Uh, just just things that we expect on Bucks parties. We've already had someone high-profile falling over a pot plant uh, in Canberra, just... <laughs> testing out the mobile reception 10 centimetres off the ground, I think he was doing. But um, we, we might even need Daniel Andrews there for PR if uh, anyone gets into trouble. I'm not here today to answer questions about uh, rugby league players in Vegas. <laughs> Paul, you're, uh, you started the year off with a good zinger, an AA meeting at Dan Murphy's. I mean, that, that's what it's going to be like with these guys. Um, what's the difference between this thing uh, and a sugar hip? 
uh, where it's going to be fantastic for a few weeks and then totally forgotten about next year. No, well, they've signed up a long-term deal. It's not just yeah. a one-off. They've got it on prime time, the sports channels, so it may help them that there's no NFL on and there's there's no doubt that was part of the timing, that yeah. Americans love football, every country loves football, but this football is being sold by Russell Crowe as football like you've never seen it with no padding, no helmets apart from the, the basic rubber ones, uh, and it's it's full contact. And they're also selling it with the, the best players in the game. You've got Latrell Mitchell, Tom Draboyevich. You, you've got explosive athletes, and they are, they are going to be mesmerised by this. It won't just be a, a Mickey Mouse. And it's I love, too, that it's not a preseason. I've been to preseason NFL games, and they're just useless. You've got the third-string teams. No one really cares. But th- this mm. is a, a season game, so it's going to be all, all the stakes will be there. And you said uh, if you don't like rugby league now, You'll never never like rugby league because you've been telling us for a while the game has yeah. never been better and more yeah. more athletic. And they've they've put on some very good matchups as well. So uh, they're they're sending some stars over there. So we're we're sending some of the cream of our crop across to uh, to Vegas. So I th- I think it'll be a big success. Yeah. Paul, the preseason challenge kicked off Thursday night. Um, the Bulldogs surprisingly beating the Storm. Yes, well, if you wanted me to get into my uh, season preview or did you want me to wait until uh, next episode uh, on that? I just wanted to have a quick chat about there have been a couple of games played. Yeah. The Charity Shield, the Rabbitohs look like they're going to keep going where they left off last year. Well, if you're able to steal your own thunder, uh, I will, uh, is I've got the Bulldogs in the top eight this year. So I think it's going to be an exciting year for the Dogs. Um Phil Gould's cleared out more soldiers than Putin. I think he's uh, 39 <laughs> players have gone since uh, since he arrived. So he's got the broom out, um, Phil Gould. So you've got a roster there, I think, with that coach who disappointed last year. But I, I think you'll sneak in at eight. All right. Yeah. Well, let's 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 work from the bottom to the top like we always do. I'll stop asking you questions and you can get into your preview. Can, can, because... Before we go any further, Professor, like these are practice matches, Paul. Um, <laughs> If you want to call them practice matches, why do they have them? Is it because they just have to, or like the storm the other night? Yeah, they played one player that would be in their best seventeen. Yeah, you, you have different approaches to it. I, I think the one one biggest positive is you can see some superstars. I mean, I yeah. I saw some Rabbitohs players last night that I I haven't even heard of, and some of them were absolute guns. So. What what it is, it's a chance for the clubs to test out their, their depth. But when you've got the stars walking around in polo shirts, it does undermine it a lot. But if I'm a coach, I wouldn't have my superstars out there risking long-term injuries. It used to be the thing, Coot, of the AFL, that the uh, the AFL Rules Committee could drag out its uh, latest stupid idea. Yeah, uh, that's right. Ideas for, for the first few weeks until they realised how naff the ideas were in the first place. It sounds like this is this is actually better, where it's a bit of a nursery thing, where you actually get a chance at a, at a relatively high level to test out your players. So it's, it sounds like a good idea, actually. Well, they played the pre-seasons anyway, and they used to take them to the the country and show different towns some matches. But uh, now they've put it into an organised competition. I think it's a hundred thousand for the winner, which isn't a small coin, and it's good to see these young players be. Uh, in, in the big lights. So I, I like it. I'd rather that than just a Mickey Mouse 
uh, pre-season matches that no one knows much about, but it's it's not being given, I don't think, too much emphasis over and above what should be fo- the focus, which is the, the comp itself. All right, Paul, who have you got at number 17? Well, our, our regular listener, Kevin Yap, he can uh, once again re- <laughs> reach into his kitchen cupboard and there's another wooden spoon, I think. So uh, that, that's what he might be finding this year. In there, uh, 16 is the Tigers. They've added Jerome Luai, the man who's on over a million dollars a year and took to Instagram saying, prove your worth. Well, I couldn't agree more. If you can get those Tigers up into the, towards the top of the eight, you'll be worth over a million a year. But I think you'll find with Jerome Luai, it's going to take some time and he's not used to playing without Nathan Cleary outside him. So I've got the Tigers at 16. Uh, as, speaking of taking some time, I've got the Titans at 15. I think Des Hasler, the surprise addition there, uh, he needs to to really get that team in shape. They had a worse defence than Ivan Milat last year, uh, the Titans, so uh, they'll need to be much, much better. I don't think they'll get there quick enough. Uh, the Raiders, I've got at 14. They lost their best player, Jack Whiten, surprisingly to the Rabbitohs. Uh, I was very happy about it because he's one of my top top players in the league, but uh, they've got some losses there with him and Jared Croker. And they've also got what's got to be surely the first Chevy since Chevy Chase. Chevy Stewart is apparently a name to watch. So he must have been named after a big night of a few frothies and watching National Lampoon's Vacation. You'd have to think the parents of Mr and Mrs Stewart there. But Chevy Stewart, so there's a name to watch for you. Uh, I couldn't tell you, Professor, who'll be playing in the half for Canberra. And we know what that means. That's not a good outcome. If I uh, if I can't even tell you who's six and seven, so uh, then next up I've got the Dolphins. Might surprise some people, but it's Bennett's final season. There might be some uh, uncertainty there about what's going on. Bennett's transitioning to a coach, Christian Wolf, who's got a very good pedigree with international teams and in England. Uh, Wayne Bennett's on the audition for another gig at age ninety-seven. I think he is now, but um, I, I just don't think that the Dolphins will quite get there. They've added a couple of good players in. Herbie Farnworth and Tom Flegler, but uh, I think they'll be 13th. The Sharks are on the slide. Uh, they're at 12. Uh, they've lost Moylan and Wade Graham, who was the, the heart and soul of that team. Uh, it all rests on Braden Trindle alongside Nico Hines. I don't think the Sharks will make the eight. I've got the Warriors at 11, which is a shame because I would love the Warriors to be successful for the game in New Zealand but I just can't see them getting ahead of the teams above them that I'll rattle through. Uh, Parramatta is at 10. Uh, I just don't know whether they'll quite make the eight given the teams above them. Uh, North Queensland at nine, uh, Professor, I don't think that they'll quite sneak into the eight, but there's some talent in both those two teams. Wouldn't be surprised if they sneak in. But did you want me to pause for breath there? Um. I just oh. want to say, Paul, that uh, Chevy Chase, by the way, in terms of being named, uh, Chevy Chase is actually a place in Maryland, and um, the actor was named after the uh, – his name was Chase and he was named after the town. So a bit of trivia, just like to – you know, like trivia on this show. Um, so that, that's where the name actually came from was the town. So your man is actually named after a town in oh, Maryland. Yeah. There you go. So yeah. Yeah, thanks. Again, totally useful information, but, you know. Yeah. Uh, next time I go to a trivia note, I'll be all over that. Um, you know, well, um, it's a very low bar for usefulness on this uh, on this panel, I think, so, with all respect, of course. <laughs> oh, we've got the Warriors uh, down lower this year. Is that on the back of the um, 
release of uh, their their big prop, or just they yeah. overachieved last year? Yeah, I think the combination of both those things. I, I just I've looked at the teams above them, and it, it shows how good the standard is. Mm. The team who can be very good on their day, they can beat anyone on their day. The Warriors uh, more so than ever. They used to be the most unpredictable team in Australian sport, but uh, I, I think that there's the teams above them just have a bit more quality. But as you say, they lost for Newell Blake, so that's that's a big loss. Well, the Warriors' big problem was COVID. Of course, they I think mean, they actually lived over here. For a couple of years too, though, and, and it just—it seems to me it took a while to get back on their feet. But but now COVID's over. Do you think they'll be a lot more stable team? They will be stable, and Sean Johnson there, but he's getting towards the end of his career. Uh, but for them um, offering to stay in Australia, the the game would have been over. It would have been too hard to reschedule the draw, and they they, they made such a sacrifice of yep. two years of their life to, to mm. live in. A- that literally the NRL would have been over if they didn't make that sacrifice. So I don't think they've got enough credit for that from the fans and other teams. And I don't think they ever will, Paul. Like it was, you're right. They lived. They lived here for two years. Uh, Redcliffe uh, was their base, um, obviously prior to the the Dolphins coming in. Um, but when they went home to play, they got a hero's welcome. That. You would think down the track, and, and again, this is just spitballing out there, that instead of having it in Brisbane, um, what's the round called? Which one? Where they get everyone to play in Brisbane. Oh, the Magic Round. Yeah, why couldn't they do that in New Zealand? Purely because of what they've done for yeah. uh, for the game, the game, the game of rugby league survived because of them. Yeah, and we're talking about uh, guys that were missing births, you know, missing family weddings, missing people passing away. It was, it was just <laughs> unbelievable what they did for, for the game to keep it going. So the, the ultimate respect for them. But just on, on, on the park, I can't see them eclipsing those, yeah. those above them. All right, Paul, let's uh, look at your top eight. All right. Well, you're there, Professor. It's been a few years, I think. So the promised land, I think you'll sneak in at eight with Quite a lineup. The bookies don't agree with me, but uh, that's never stopped me. But Matt Burton is going to be the key. You've added one of my favourite players and one of the best players in the game, Stephen Crichton. And a guy to watch out for is just back from a, a band for uh, performance-enhancing substances, Bronson Zeri, who could be close to the fastest player in the game. So he's going to be one to watch there uh, at the Bulldogs. I really, I really like the look of your team this year. And then... <laughs> I can't say it, Paul. I've I've witnessed um, the cavalcade of players that have gone through the Bulldogs over the last three or four years. Yeah, um, I'm not as bullish as you are, but um, if they make the eight, I will certainly be very happy. Well, professor- yeah, well, I'm, I'm hoping you can get there, uh, Professor. So even though my kids in the background sound pretty excited at the moment, <laughs> I hope it's about the dogs. Well, <laughs> Professor, like. The team or the the players that got, I know that teams on paper, but the addition of, as Paul said, one of the best centres in the game in, in Crichton, and then Bronson Sherry, who looked terrific the other night. Um, if you do get to have a look at Bronson Sherry, check his nose out. I think he's had some issues over the years, and uh, it's a bit. Uh, Peter Duddenish sort of Voldemort sort of uh, look about it. <laughs> oh, it? Um, so, but they've got they've got names all over the park. Um, and at the end of the day, like Burton, 
Crichton. It, uh, the other one that looked great the other night, Paul, in the uh, the game the other night was uh, the Fox on the wing. Once he gets a bit more football, he's uh, pretty exciting, that player. Yeah, well, with, with that lineup, he's been like Mozart on a toy piano out there on the wing, so there's not much you can do without the ball. So they, they've added some seasoned footballs as well. Josh Curran, uh, Kurt Mann. So they've got that depth as well of the one of my favourite expressions, the footballers, footballers. The Gould's no fool. He's adding a good a good team there. So I, I think they're going to be on the up. They have to be. All right, at number seven, Paul. Seven, I've got the very exciting Newcastle Knights. They finished the season amazingly well. Kalen Ponga would have to be close to one of the best in the game. Uh it's a bit touch scary for New South Wales that Queensland's got the choice of Reese Walsh and Kalen Ponga for fullback because they're both freakishly good players. But that, that Knights team and that coach they've invested in, I think they're really on the up and up. So I've got them at seven. Uh, at six, I've got Manly with uh, Luke Brooks being added. It's not often that you hear a, a suburban ground being nicknamed in name of the player when he hasn't even played for them yet. Luke Brooks has turned it into... Brooksvale instead of Brookvale there, which is their home base. So they're already starting to get around the Luke Brooks revolution at Manly. They've got Anthony Seabold there, great coach, unusual methods, but I think he'll he'll get the best out of Manly. Uh, they're on the up that team. And then uh, we'll, yep. No, I was just going to say, so that's good news for Schooner. It is. I, I really think they're on the up and up, but I, I think that that, that is where the end, and this is, he might not like hearing this, I don't think any of the teams I've rattled through can win the comp. And there's five who can, and we'll kick it off now. I've got the Roosters at five. Uh, they looked incredibly impressive in their trials to date. Uh, one issue there is one of their best players, Suwali, is off after this year to Rugby Union. Uh, that has caused some divisions in that team, I've heard. But they, they have Tedesco as well at the end of his career. But he, that can go two ways. He might want to end on a high or he, Father Time might be catching up with him. So there's just a couple of question marks there at the Roosters, which means I don't have them top four when when most commentators certainly do. I've got the Storm at, at four uh, and largely on the back of Pappenhausen looking back, ready to go. So I, I, I don't want to put them any higher because I just don't think they're at the calibre of the three I'll mention. And I'll go through them. Panthers, the run's got to stop sooner or later, surely. It's like being at the casino and the last 10 spins are red. You can't keep going forever. They've got to end sooner or later, but they still keep, seem to keep making it happen, largely on the back of Nathan Cleary. I've got them at three. Uh, I did predict last year would be the year of the rabbit. Uh, it wasn't. Uh, the Chinese got it wrong. Uh, I've got them second, the Rabbitohs, and I think that the Broncos will win it all with a amazing team. Uh, Kevin Walters appears to be able to coach, despite some players a year or so coming out saying Adam Reynolds is the coach. Maybe Reynolds could now become the wrestling coach, but uh, that's another another issue for you there, given recent events. So that's that's my rundown of the top eight this year, Professor, and you've squeaked in there, but I think it's going to be a Broncos premiership. They should have won it last year. I can't believe they lost that match, and they'll only be better this year. Well, I don't follow your logic on the Panthers. The uh, the casino analogy doesn't work for me. That I mean, they've just been superior, uh, which yeah. generally means they win. But do you think they have dropped somewhere or the Broncos have, I don't know, gone well, better somewhere? Or 
They might break the rule in that they always say that your premierships aren't one with your stars, they're one with the bottom of your list, and that's in any code. Yep. Because all of these teams have superstars. The the Panthers are running out of those players at the sort of the edge level of, of their list, and every year they lose star players. To lose Stephen Crichton, who arguably was one of the he'd be in the top three best players in those Panthers wins over the years they've done it. So uh, you just can't keep losing stars and it not affect you. Uh, it just, just law of nature, you, you can't lose components and still be the same entity. So I, I just think that the Rabbitohs as well looking particularly impressive last night. It was against the Dragons, but I was very excited at the Rabbitohs team this year and seeing how many stars we've got in polo shirts there last night. And we still looked amazing. Well, you're always excited about the Rabbitohs, so we'll take <laughs> this uh, moot. Well, I had 40 years of... Mostly agony, so it's it's a it's a different feeling to what it used to be for many many years. But this this is a serious team. Uh, Demetrio, the coach, is going to be working hard because there's rumours Wayne Bennett may even be coming back to the Rabbitohs if Demetrio doesn't get them deep into the finals this year. All right, Paul. Well, we'll sit back now and wait for the rounds and the finals to play out, and let's see how you've gone. But uh, a great. Uh, summary as always. Thank you. And we'll make sure we get to the dogs and storm. I know it wasn't much fun. Uh, it was last year we went, wasn't it? it uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I assure you it'll be more close uh, game this year, which won't be difficult. Paul, yeah. Paul, the biggest issue with the storm um, would have to be their forward pack. Um, if you if they had a forward pack that could give metres or <clears> post contact, it would allow Jerome Hughes. Uh, would allow Munster, Pappenhausen, that space and time to be able to conjure up some more magic. And I think that's their biggest biggest concern or biggest worry going forward is that they don't have, other than Nelson probably, they yeah. don't have that goat, that forward meterage. Well, we've got Harry, Harry Grant there, but I, I agree with what you're saying. It's just that the edges of the pack aren't there and the, 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 there's just not the talent behind them. Uh, that there was in years gone by to, to cover for some sort of workmanlike types, but you're right. They, 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 and I don't. I think they understated the effect of losing the Bromwich brothers and the Lucy to um, to the Seagulls. Thanks for listening to the Sports Fan Radio podcast. Check out some of our other podcasts, or take a look at the Sports Fan Radio YouTube channel. We'll be back with another podcast in the very near future. Mm-hmm.